You're listening to the New Stack Makers, a podcast made for people who develop, deploy, and manage at scale software. For more conversations and articles, go to thenewstack.io. All right, now on with the show. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the New Stack Podcast. And this week, we're going to discuss ChatGPT. Late last year, ChatGPT surprised the world with a, uh, a web service that responded to any and all user questions with a kind of surprising and sometimes frightening fluidity. Now, ChatGPT is still a demo. It's a, it's a variant of the powerful GPT-3 large language model, which was created by OpenAI, a company owned by Microsoft. And everybody had fun with ChatGPT, but it's pretty clear that this sort of generative AI will have profound effects across the industry, not just ChatGPT, but a, a lot of companies that, uh, that are working with these, uh, AI, uh, produced uh, or AI-assisted technologies. For this podcast, we'll be speaking with a company that has already had some success in this space, a company called Writer. We will be joined by Writer's Chief Marketing Officer, Ryan Johnston, and we'll discuss, uh, you know, Writer's success and what Writer and other companies are thinking that we customers, those customers should be doing to prepare for this kind of uh, new uh, post-search world that we might be in. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's obviously an exciting topic, an exciting time right now. So I'm happy to be here and looking forward to this conversation. Indeed. Excellent. Terrific. Now, a, a bit of a disclosure. Insight Partners, which owns the new stack, is an investor in Writer. So we should mention that. But let's jump right into it. Now, how was Writer founded or how did it come about? Yeah, so Writer was founded in about early 2020 and it actually was a pivot. So prior to that, Writer had been another company called Cordoba, which was in the kind of localization space. And so they were deeply interested in machine learning models. They were deeply interested in the transformer technology that was being developed around that time. Machine learning engineers were really looking how to do machine translation. And that was really what was driving the innovation that was happening in transformers. And so the founding team of Cordoba and now Writer were looking at all this innovation that was happening. They said, what if we were able to take transformers and use those to help everybody write better? And so this idea happened where there's this clear kind of moment where they could see into the future and they could say transformers can really transform the way that we are going to be able to write as a business, as an individual. Therefore, let's lean into that and help people create amazing content through great writing, through the power of things like transformers and artificial intelligence. So that's essentially where the founding and the pivot came from. Nice, nice. And, you know, the new stack is a small business and we do, we have lots of correspondence and we have lots of content. So this sounds like a pretty great service where you can kind of standardize, make sure the language that you have is correct. Uh, is, a, what, is this the service writer offers or, or explain to us what writer offers? Writer is a generative AI platform built for the needs of teams and businesses. Unlike other AI products, Writer is trained on a company's own data and their style and brand guidelines that they might bring to the table. And so this is all done as 
securely. It's all done on data provided by the company. But what you can get is consistent on-brand content as your output, whether or not that's written by a human or written by an AI initially. And so it's really solving a major problem for companies to where they can now generate content that sounds like them, but it's going to be on-brand. It's going to be written in the way that they want. And so that output is really important for helping to scale and accelerate your content processes. That's a great idea. What do you say content? What do you mean? What, what sorts of content do you mean? Yeah, I mean, there are your very clear use cases of blog posts, press releases, but there's also product descriptions and there's in-product content. We've got a whole content design customer base that is thinking about what is the content that's within the product. They're in there using our integration with Figma to get the right content in there for each new feature that they're releasing or developing. So when you think of content, you can think about the broad swath of just tech that's being created, writing that's happened wherever happening wherever it's happening. Terrific. Who are your customers? What, who, what, what sorts of companies are your customers? I should say. We've got an awesome list of customers. We've got everything from United Healthcare to UiPath to Spotify to Uber, and these are all names that you recognize, likely for a reason. Companies that are investing in their brand, care about their brand, care about their content, are also companies that are a great fit for writers. And so really, we're able to work so closely together with them because their mission and the way they plan to grow their business is so aligned with our mission as well. And they care about writing at the end of the day. Terrific. Who in the company do you usually work with? Do you work with copywriters? Do you work with editors? Do you work with marketing people? Who's the who's your contact? Yeah, we've seen a lot of success with content design teams within UX. We've seen a lot of success with content marketers and their marketing organization, but we're having a lot of conversations with CMOs right now. We're having a lot of conversations with people who are thinking about generative AI across their business. And so it's becoming very much a situation where people are realizing there's internal and external content being produced by support teams, HR teams, sales organizations. So it's very much becoming a very pervasive technology that's impacting entire organizations. We've seen a lot of success within the marketing space and the CMO is our champion as of late. Very nice, very nice. Are you eliminating copywriting jobs or has the, that role changed a bit? Absolutely not. And I just want to say this clear for everybody. We are augmenting content teams, copywriters at the end of the day to help them do what they do best, just even better. So we're scaling the mundane parts of the process that you may not love. We are helping you get a first draft on paper when you've got writer's block. But at the end of the day, like our belief is there needs to be a great writer in the driver's seat. You should be having somebody with strong writing skills helping you to generate this content, edit this content and get it published. And it should never just be fully reliant on AI to produce things that you're going to immediately take to market. So there's not a button I can push that says, populate the news stack for the next week. I'm going on vacation. <laughs> Absolutely not. You could try it, but we definitely wouldn't recommend it. Hey, so I'm very curious when, you, when uh, a customer engages with you, what data does the customer need to provide? What domain data do they have that we need to kind of share with you guys? Yeah, so customer data is something we, from day one, have been very, very sensitive to and trying to make sure that we are a secure platform that our businesses and customers can use. But we limit the amount of data that we need from a customer as much as possible. We're talking basic profile information, name, product preferences, email, billing information, potentially, but that's about it. Now, the more context that a customer can give us, the better content that we can create for them. So what we can do is we can personalize their model and train their model on their own content, such that if you give us your best blog post, you give us your best content, we can produce a better output for you based on that context. But know that we're not storing that data. We're using that data in what we call a transit way, such that 
we can reference that data, but it's not actually going into our model and no other customer has access to that data either. Terrific. When you say you train the model, you, you can train it like the new stack. I'm just using our company's example. The new stack has a certain particular style in which we communicate beyond the, the, the factual information we need to communicate to our sponsors, to our readers, but you can actually fine tune for the particular voice if you want it more formal, less formal, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's two ways we can think about this. One is we've got a customer adore me. They're an e-commerce company. They write thousands and thousands of product descriptions, product descriptions, you know, as many as you could count. And they've got a specific brand voice that they want to use every time they write those product descriptions. So they've got a custom application set up with us where when they want to write product descriptions at scale, it sounds in the tone of voice that they want to use that's been trained into the system. In addition to that, what we can also do is we've got inline suggestions that we can provide anybody that's writing with writer. So your style guy can also be loaded into our system such that when you are writing a new content, you can get suggestions of, hey, we don't use title case in this situation, we use sentence case, or we don't refer to that product with this name anymore, we renamed it this other thing. So there's training the model on sounding like your business. And then there's also enabling the writers while they're writing to make sure everything is on brand as well. Nice, nice. So yeah, we'd like to take a look behind the, the covers as much as, as you guys are comfortable with it. But we'd love to know where does AI come in into the making of your service? What does it add? Yeah, so, I mean, if AI is our large umbrella here, we've got machine learning, we've got natural language processing all happening. And that comes through in some of the examples we were starting to talk about here, where if you were to take, let's say, this podcast recording, and you put it into Writer for a functionality we've called Event Takeaways, and that podcast recording, you wanted to get key takeaways from that. So you wanted to get a summary, you wanted to get key quotes from you and I speaking. The AI that we're using then will process that video and do an output of text that will be based on the conversation that's happening here. And so AI is really what's being used to take the inputs of text, video, audio. We've got multimedia happening at this portion and producing a text output. And AI is what's doing that based on the training that's happened to it, the post-processing that's happened to give you a positive output for your business. Terrific. And so you create a model for every customer? We are using our own proprietary model at this point in time that's best fine-tuned for business use cases. And then for our enterprise customers, we can train the data that they give us into their model to give them a different output. So we've got definitely different motions and different pricing points within the business. If you come in at, you know, a kind of PLG motion, you're using our trial experience, you're a self-serve customer, you're likely to be able to get the out-of-the-box functionality and you can still use your style guide. You can still get the inline writing suggestions. It's just when it comes to training the data and getting your own kind of language model on the back end, that's going to be more for the enterprise customers. Thanks. I'd like to like to circle back on that in a bit. But so this is a, um, I would call it a cloud service, I guess. This is a service. Yes. Yes. Software as a service. SaaS. Terrific. So your system has to do all this in real time or fairly real time. Like I submit a request and I get a response back a short time later. Yeah. In seconds, if you were to create a new blog post right now, based on a prompt of write me a blog post about the five reasons my kids should go to school today, just as an example, you will get an immediate response within the same screen within just a couple seconds of that being processed. Terrific. Can you say anything about the uh, ML ops system that you're using? Did you have to put together like a framework to do this or is there, you have multiple customers, so it's a multi-tenant environment. Can you talk a little bit about how you set this up? Yeah, we have a variety of ML ops technologies that we're using at the end of the day. We are using these to 
manage, monitor, and optimize our models. So it's a pretty complex system. Example technology that we're using are TensorFlow, Keras, PyTorch, et cetera. So we've got some pretty common technology, but innovative technology there. And then we've also got in-house technology that we had to build. So we really needed to be able to have a model monitoring dashboard where we could keep track of how the model's performing. We've got an automated deployment system to keep the model up to date. So between that you know, external technology and in-house development that we've done, we've been able to produce essentially what I've been able to talk about on this podcast today. Terrific, terrific. Uh, you say you started, the company started out with transformer technology. What, what, could you explain what does that do, generally speaking? Yes, the transformers are essentially what is powering ChatGPT, if you are looking at that as well. So that's based on a large language model. But with the large language model, you have transformers that are essentially looking at a sequence of data. So in this sense, a sequence being words or characters within a word, and it can essentially predict then what should be the next output or the next piece of content, i.e. the next word coming out of this. And so transformers are really the revolutionary technology that allow us to look at a data set, not just as one sentence compared to another sentence, but as the relational situation between certain words that are happening within a large set of data. Excellent, excellent. And so your transformers are customized to your customers then. Do you also have other sources of data, like, I guess, English usage sort of guides, that sort of thing? We have a variety of data that we bring in, honestly. So there is you know publicly available data sets. A lot of those are in the other transformer models that you've probably heard about and been exposed to. There are private data sets. We've got synthetic data that we've created as well. So essentially creating data that mimics real world data. And then we also have structured data, image data that's coming in too. So we're starting to get into the multimedia piece there. So it's honestly a lot of different data sources, but they've all been selected to work best for our model to get the right output for the business use cases that we're trying to solve. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, I'd like to uh, pivot the conversation a bit to uh, not so much chat GPT itself, but the implications that it is showing all the uh, businesses out there that are, you know, trying to uh, uh, leave a mark out in the world. And so uh, you guys have taken a, a specific need within within business, but do you see this sort of approach working for other, what, what sort of other things uh, could this sort of uh, transformer-based technology be used for? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing every single day, I think, really interesting and exciting use cases pop up at this point. So obviously, there's been news recently about Microsoft bringing this technology into Bing. And essentially, the search experience that people are so used to with, honestly, Google search, Bing is going to create a whole different experience. And a lot of people are enjoying the information retrieval that they can get the research that they can do through this more kind of chat-based experience and generative AI approach to it. So that's one area. I think another area that we're going to continue to see changes in is use cases, as I mentioned, around the multimedia piece earlier. So right now, we talk about chat GPT, we're talking text in, text out. There's now video, audio in, and text out. There can also be video, audio in, and video, audio out, or text out as well. So there's going to be this whole new world, I think, of where we're thinking about how different inputs create different outputs, but the user applications out of that are what can be the most interesting. And I think the Microsoft Bing piece is the one that's kind of shocked the world the most. It is. Yeah, it is. Very definitely. Very definitely. Now, these days, uh, companies, if they want to make a, have a presence on the web and out in the world, they do a lot of work with SEO, search engine optimization. This is where we try to figure out what Google is looking for and modify our articles, the format of our articles, so they are user-friendly to the uh, search engine. But this chat GPT sounds like it's coming in and it's looking at our uh, 
collection of data and assembling it in completely different ways. How should like companies, any any company with, with data on a website, how should they be preparing their data for these large language models? Is this something do we need to put pointers in or or how should we think about other search engines coming in and making models of our data? Yeah, Joe, I think it's a great question. And it's actually interesting because I'll take a quick deviation with you here. I think there's a general ethical question that's coming up right now, which is, do companies even want their data within these models? There is this concept of opt-in versus opt-out, where most people feel like their content, their artwork, everything is just being automatically opted in. Do they have the opportunity to opt out of having their things in these models? And so I think that's the first thing for companies before they even try to think about this within kind of the SEO framework, which is more along the lines of, do you even want this to be happening? I think that's the benefit of large language models that are almost single tenant in the sense that they're unique to a business because then there is a full understanding of where your data is going and whether or not you want that data in the model. To answer your question a little bit more specifically, though, you know, a lot of these models are looking at the data that's available to them to scrape from the internet, essentially, and crawling all the data. So a lot of them are not looking at the data that's in the code base behind the scenes. A lot of times it's the content that's written on a page Processing images, processing video can be a bit more difficult. So it really does come down to the written word that's on the page, at least for the way that things have worked up until this point. So if there was some intention to best support your model or your data ending up in a model, it would probably lean in this category of more written content on the page and making sure that almost from like an accessibility standpoint, you've got everything clearly available to the web crawler as much as you do, the person that's just trying to digest the page. Excellent. And doing this will ensure that, uh, I guess, your voice is counted with the voices of many that that Bing or Google will eventually incorporate into their own models. You, you could say it that way, yeah. You could say it that way. Excellent. And also, you make an important distinction between internal and external models. Should should companies create their own large language models? It's no easy feat. It's it's not easy to think about creating your own model. I mean, kudos to anybody that's trying to do it. I think what I'll say about that topic is there's not just the clay itself, the model that you've got and the data that you've created. There's a lot of layers on top of that as well. And it takes a lot of expertise to figure out how to take this raw set of data and you know the language model and turn that into something that works really well for specific use cases. And you've also got to think about claim detection, you know, how much content that's being produced is actually accurate content. Is it safe to publish content? Is it the type of content that you would want to be using? And then is it also tailored for the specific use cases where you are, if you're really trying to write a business blog post, you probably want that done with a different model than you want one that works for, you know, writing a Shakespearean play about a day in the park kind of thing. And so for that reason, I think there's a lot of fine tuning that happens. So I would probably recommend a business that's in this situation be thinking about what APIs are currently available from companies that are securely handling data in this situation that they could integrate into their product. Or if you are not trying to think about integrating into the product, you think about your own use case, go try and find almost that single tenant model of your own large language model that supports just your data and isn't shared across a bunch of other companies that can all pull in from the same data source. So that's probably your best bet, I think, for making progress in this current situation that we're in. Terrific, terrific. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about your the enterprise version of Writer, in which I understand you just said that uh, you are, at that point, creating a model on behalf of the customer? Yeah, so what we can do is we've got essentially this base model that we will use that is proprietary to Writer, and then if the customer wants to train 
the model on their data as well too, they can give us access to as much of their data as they're willing to do. And we can then train the model based on that. And so we're going to do that uniquely for that customer. If UiPath wants to train the model on their content, Hilton is not also getting their model trained on UiPath's content. So that's how we're keeping things separate. And we're also not really storing any of that data. We're just training the model on that. Interesting, interesting. And so what benefits would the, the customer get by having this model from you guys or that you guys are holding of them? Yeah, I mean, the benefit's going to be consistently on-brand content at scale. And so when you are thinking about having your writers start to use this and the first time they see a blog post that actually sounds like the way they write, or the first time that they see a press release that actually is quoting things accurately in the way that they want to quote them, this light bulb moment kind of happens where they realize, oh, this is this is helping me improve my processes. This is help speeding up certain parts of what I do. It's not taking away my creativity, but it is doing a great job of figuring out how to create content for me at a faster pace that actually sounds like what I want it to sound like. And so that that is the benefits that you get out of a situation like this. Terrific, terrific. I don't know if this is a particular service of writer, but is it possible to get more analysis of the, the company, whatever information they provide you? Can they get more insights back from that model that maybe they haven't discovered before? Like, oh, we use too many semicolons or something like that, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's been very interesting. So... I'll take the inline suggestions piece that we were talking about earlier. You can see when, let's say, a customer is using Writer and they're writing lots and lots of content, and those the content is constantly providing, or sorry, Writer's constantly providing new suggestions to say, hey, you need to change this term to this term, or we use this same snippet of content over and over again. The admins on Writer can say, this is where we keep having bottlenecks in our content. This is where we keep having places where people constantly writing this instead of this. And so that type of feedback has been invaluable for our customers to understand essentially where they need to do internal enablement and training because people don't quite understand the brand voice yet. All right. All right. Fantastic. Those are the questions I had. Ryan, do you think there are any other aspects you might might be worth mentioning either about Writer itself or about this whole growing field. Jeff, I think we covered a lot of great content today. I mean, I think for everybody, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of opportunities to just go play with everything that's out there. And, you know, I think the most important thing is people are starting to make that transition from, okay, this was cool, fun, shiny object to this is a real business value for me. And I think that's the transformation that we're seeing this year from, you know, the launch of ChatGPT in December to where we're at in January. We've seen, you know, a month happen in a, or a year happen in a month from the pace that things are going. And so really it just comes down to people finding practical, real applications from this. And it kind of has made that shift already from what we're seeing. All right. Fantastic. And listeners, if you want more information about Writer, the URL is very easy, writer.com. So you can find out more info there. Ryan, thanks you so much for taking time to talk. And listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back soon with another episode of The New Stack. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's one of the best ways you can help us grow this community, and we really appreciate your feedback. You can find the full video version of this episode on YouTube. Search for The New Stack, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any new videos. Thanks for joining us, and see you soon.